Hey everyone, welcome back to the Book More Show. It's Stuart Bell here, and today joined by Kevin Burrard. Kevin, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for asking. It is. Uh, this is going to be a good show. We just were quickly catching up before we hit record. We're going to try and keep this to a minimum of four or maximum of four hours and, and see where we go from there. Why don't we start with a bit of background? So share with the listeners kind of your backstory, what what you guys do across there, and we can kind of transition into some book stuff. Yeah, sure. I started in the, the fin- really the financial services industry in 1988. I really haven't been anywhere else, almost all in marketing and distribution. In 2021, I got the opportunity to retire and not have to work anymore. And and as I sat back and was thinking about what I'd done over my lifetime, and one of my early mentors, I'll mention his name, he's Mark Shear. He's no longer with us anymore. But Mark used to always say that what you learn and what someone gives you, you have the responsibility at some point to pass on. And a couple of my friends reminded me that there are some things that I should probably put in a book. I was talking to a friend of mine who referred me to you, actually. And he was saying, and I was mentioning, I need to put this information in a book. Some of these points that have helped me and so many other people be really successful in life as best I can so that I can pass what he called knowledge torches onto the future. So it was really bugging me to do this and I needed to find a venue to get there. And so that's what happened. And that's how I got to you. And that's the first book that I put together and wrote. That's such a, it's such an opportunity that not many people think about. You kind of think about the capturing the legacy, capturing the knowledge, also busy in the day-to-day work. Was it the fact that you had retired from the day-to-day business that gave you the time and the freedom to think about this thought now? Or was it the kind of pressure from someone else saying, you should do it, you should do it, you should do it? Was it more of a capacity thing rather than an intention thing? I think it's a little bit of both. You know, the funny thing is when you decide not to go to work anymore on a daily basis is you've got to have something to fill that void. (laughs) And I've been a certified financial planner since 1995, CFP. And so I knew that I needed to plan and set things up for what might happen in the future. So I had done lots of cool stuff. Like I bought a 35 acre property that I could hunt and farm and raise honeybees on. Spent a lot of time with my church. I live on an island right now. I'm sitting uh, looking out at the water. It's a beautiful day. There's geese and swans and everything that are out there. And my boats are out there so I can fish and boat. But eventually, as I was not paying attention or thinking about work, I just had one, I had two people actually that that said, you know, you need to write this book. And it just kind of came at me from, and I, not that I hadn't wanted to, I had threatened over the years to write this book. And in fact, I'd written two more workbooks that were related to it, but never turned it into something that could be, you know, published and out there for anyone to eventually get a hold of. So right. it was kind of a little pressure, but it snuck up on me. <laughs> There's that concept as well. If people think about the benefit of books as, I mean, we primarily talk about them in terms of lead generation tools and business building tools. The benefit is that a book has a lot of psychological elements that come along with it, like the whole Robert Cialdini persuasion type world of people come with perceived baggage of what a book is and the authority that it carries. That's a benefit for us as we're trying to use it. But it's also something that holds people back because they think you kind of switch into like the school mentality of, oh, this is going to be homework that's marked by someone else. And there's all of this sitting in a cabin under candlelight and years of torturous work to do it. Whereas (laughs) the benefit these days is the actual creation of it is relatively straightforward. I mean, it's the process that we try and leverage to make it as accessible and cost-effective as possible. 
At any point, did that was that something that was holding back as well? The kind of traditional idea that this is going to be much more of an effort than it needs to be. Were you kind of held back from starting by that first step? I might think about that in two ways. One is, you know, one of my things that I like to live by or think about, not necessarily a standard, but I think about the fact that processes are always stronger than the individual. If you put yourself inside of a process, like working with 90-minute books, then you're going to at least have a framework where along the line, I wouldn't say holding you accountable, but at least behind you to support and say, we need, you know, we're working on this is where we're at. This is the next step. It's like the beauty of your emails that you send out once a month with the 12 or whatever word emails. I mean, that's absolute genius, but at the same process, it's creating a process not to use the same word twice, but I did kind of keep you involved and not put it on the back shelf and just forget about it. Right. But there is to, to your point, there's no doubt about it that putting a book together, there is that risk. You're putting yourself out there and you're going to be critiqued in some way or another. So at the same time, it's great to have professionals behind the scene that are really good at what they do to prompt you and kind of help you see things a different way from a completely different angle, completely different industries to Make it so you have the confidence that you're putting something out there that's quality enough to represent you the right way so that people will perceive you when they read or see the book in a way that you'd rather have them perceive and see. And that really was wonderful what you put together to help me do it, because I'm not sure I would have actually finished it without that. I told you about where I was in life, but I might have just poked at it, but it was the process that got me where I'm going. And that's a great point as well. This idea that it's a, like you said, I don't know what the quite right word is either. It's not quite accountability, but that process there that keeps the train moving. And this idea that in 2023, and we did, we've done a couple of shows AI based over the last six months or so. So it's really going to accelerate and change in the next months and years. But this idea that the old world of publishing was kind of like carving in stone tablets or getting a monk to lay something out on a press and it's kind of one page at a time. That's not the case today. Now it's a very dynamic world of we might print 10 copies or 100 copies or one person or a thousand person downloads it today, but tomorrow when the next person downloads it, it could be different. So if something does need tweaking and changing, it's this idea of it doesn't have to be set in stone and getting something out there and then reacting and responding to the feedback that you get. That's the modern way of doing it. It's not thinking about something in a traditional sense, which is take months and years behind the scenes, hopefully get something there and spend all the time and budget on this one version. And then, okay, now we need to pivot and that's a problem. Instead, think about it much more as a living thing. It's just manifested in a physical sense. So kind of bridging those two worlds. There's a point that I'm going to ask you about in a second about how you pivoted what you're doing. But to tie it in with the AI conversations and the future pacing of that, this is really going to change over the next coming months and years because the ability of people to get stuff out there helped by AI to generate the stuff means that the volume of stuff out there is only going to increase and increase dramatically. So if you're in a situation where you're doing nothing, as in the sense of not doing nothing, but you're not doing this, not putting something out there, you're going to get left behind by everyone that's putting out something. Now, the qualitative versus quantitative debate then comes in. There's going to be a whole load of AI junk out there, for want of a better term. So it's not just a silver bullet that means it will 
you still need a message that AI can amplify. But going from, it's no longer a case where you can do nothing, I don't think. And being in a position where you can get that first, get over the obstacles and the hurdles and the fear of getting something out there, know that the marketplace is very iterative and very fast moving. So hopefully that removes some of the barriers. Um, it bridges into one of the things I wanted to ask you. You were talking about changing the from the first book, having a slightly different approach for the second, and that really came from feedback of having something out there in the world. So talk a little bit about that if you can. I'd love to. So the original book that uh, that we created, I wanted to keep it really in control. Other than you know introducing it to a few hundred people and getting it out there for them to review and see, was important. But what I was really using it for was when I was doing specific meetings, specific coaching, specific seminars. At the, well, it was during COVID, so specific Zoom uh, all the time, right? And then constantly recommending or buying the books and mailing them out to people so that they would get the stuff. And I was also wanting to use it for predominantly for when I'm teaching or working with individuals and trying to help them uh, grow their business, help them make more money, make their lives easier by helping them think a little bit differently than they were before about focusing in on the what their real, it's a word that's used a lot, ideal client profile, but actually zeroing in on what, what a real ideal client profile is and being able to quantify those values of what that person is or businesses that you're trying to attract to you by different quantitative metrics that you can quantify and then be able to circle back and say, yeah, that actually does make sense. That is who I want my business to be filled with three to five years from now. When I think about where I want to be, that's who it needs to be. But more importantly, here's why. You know, what some of the key elements are, you know, are they people you like? A lot of people never put that first and foremost. If you're going to surround yourself in a business three years from now with, you know, 50 more clients than you had today or pick another number, it certainly is, in my opinion, a lot better if there are people that you actually like, get along with and think the way you do. So then it doesn't feel like work. You're just... interacting with people that you enjoy being with. And that's really a very high metric on on my scale of figuring out who those clients should be, as well as being financially effective for your business, not being wastes of time, people who will take your advice when you give it. People who are great referral sources for you should also be in that metric of who your real ideal clients are and what the time horizon is of how long they'll be your client. And all those things need to be blended together, which creates really a different identity for every individual. So that's what we really coach to. And we find that if we can help people take whatever resources they have, including their time and the amount of sales interactions they can actually have, if you can figure, I can, you know, I can do 20 sales interactions a month. Well, if we can take those 20 sales interactions and the rest of their time and actually apply it to the right client with the highest propensity and probability to do business with them, you'll never guess what happens. They make more money. They have more time on their hands because they're not spending time doing things they don't want to do, talking to people they don't want to talk to, and they're having a lot more fun. And that's what the book was designed to do, to talk about seven knowledge, or six knowledge torches that help you, that work around your sales process of what you've been doing to make you think and see differently to be more successful. Now, the funny thing about that is because I had controlled it, we used a, a unique name title for the book. So it wouldn't necessarily be overly recognized of what it was. And we use the word unicorn and it was the unicorn client acquisition process. Now I know what it means and I can describe it to someone, but someone just on the street would look at it and might not really know what it is. And that was intentionally done. And then now we've driven it down and changed the title. So 
it actually has the word, but not so much that we had to archive the old book, just adapting the title and the cover to actually have the words referral on it and emphasize the world word client acquisition. So that was the first thing in the evolution, because now we want it to be more recognizable. Now that I'm now that me and my partner and our business associates have started another LC where we can actually take on more clients. It's tough to really handle the inflow sometimes. And you don't want to tell people you can't help them or be able to be as, as assertive of them. So, but now that we have, we've changed the title to make it a little more, I guess, less opaque and more transparent as to what it is, and then switch the contact information over to the new LLC from the old one. I guess I could go to the next point and then I could tell you about what you were kind of alluding to was we put this book out and it had six knowledge torches in it that have to do with setting goals, who your ideal client profile is, like we were just talking about, how to set the stage for what you're going to do before you take off so you're prepared when you're there, opening conversations, using note-taking, which is, it sounds so blasé, but if you're an effective note-taker, know how to use it to control a situation and influence people, it's so strong to be able to learn how to do that and listen, and then quantifying the value of what you do and how to ask people to do business with you. You put those things out there in this book and you never know which one's going to resonate the most. And the most interesting thing about this book is that what resonated the most isn't in any of the six knowledge torches up front. It was something that was buried back in the setting the stage portion, which is creating a, an individual professional biography that is used as an introduction tool by your referral sources to introduce you to other people and solve some of the primary problems of why it's so hard to get those introductions to your ideal client profile once you figure it out, who it is. And the biggest thing, the biggest hurdle is, and if anyone's watching this and they just listen to this one point, this is one thing they should tee into. And I'll set it up with a question about anything I'm going to say. This is the point that resonates the most with most people. I ask, if I asked anyone listening to this podcast, if I went to their current clients and I asked them this question, would you refer people to this person who's serving you in whatever way right now? Would you, I wouldn't say it that way, but yeah. I can't a specific occupation. It's, would you refer people to them? And you know what they, and I would say nine times, eight times out of 10, without any further thought, they always say, of course I would. Now, if you let that sink in just a little bit, you would think, holy cow, people just need to be asking for more introduction to referrals. But they always, not always, I would say at least half the time after that, they pause and they say, but who would I introduce them to? And number two, how would I do it? Right. See, we talked earlier about losing weight or playing the piano or getting better at golf. We all would like to do that, but how? And that's the stop. You can't have something that stops someone and makes them think. So the professional biography is a tool that has seven elements in it that help individuals think through who their ideal client pro profile is what their value propositions are, a little bit about themselves and their personality. There's a few other things in there, but it's a tool that when someone has it and they want to refer someone to you, it takes the risk away from them to say, here's a piece I'd like you to read. And if it resonates with you, there's a call to action on the bottom of how to get a hold of this person. And they can do it with some really kind words. A lot of times it's just a text to somebody and they'll copy me in on the text or they'll email it and they'll copy me in on the email with some really hopefully glowing words right, words around it 
Yeah. Now I can introduce without them having to physically introduce. It's an easy process. They understand who I'm looking for or who the person we're coaching to is looking for. And, and they've already have their contact information. Yeah. It's beautiful. Another way just to throw it that works really well is not just from referral sources, but say I'm at the golf course and someone says, Kevin, what do you do? You know, I'll say, well, let me do this. Let me give you my professional biography, scan it over. It'll give you a real good impression and understanding of what I do and who I work with. And uh, after you look at it, let's talk then. What's your email or your text number or, you know, just download it from phone to phone. But what I want is their phone number or contact information, right? If it seems like the right person. Yeah. And now key to all that is I'm controlling their perception of who I am before I meet them. And that's the most important thing. For an example, I mentioned earlier about, you know, honeybees and I have a farm where I raise bees. And some people really love that. That's on this piece. And my picture's on there, a very specific picture that looks a certain way that's attractive to the audience that I want to work with. And I've so, multiple times walked somewhere and someone said, Kevin, how are you doing? I heard you wrestled in college. My son wrestled. And they start talking to me for five or 10 minutes. I'm not even sure who they are. But yeah. it's someone who read my professional biography, knew that I raised bees or I wrestled or I live on an island and there's boats in my backyard, love to fish and hunt, whatever it is. They get to know me first. And so isn't that what we really want and is the connection of those ideal client profiles that we can talk to and do life with that are financially symbiotic with us, that can refer us to more people like that, right? And what's the easiest way possible for us to be introduced to them and connect without a lot of risk? And that's what this is all about. And that's what the second book is that we pulled out of the first book because we didn't know what was going to be, which would resonate the most. That was it. And so now we're taking the second book that we're in process with you right now to work just on the development and working on the professional biography as a referral and introduction tool. It's such a great, it's such a great example because it kind of evidences the methodology in the first place. You were talking about the whole approach and the whole idea is around deciding who it is that you want to be in business with, deciding what the criteria are, how you can serve them best, how they can work with you best, having that kind of thought process, taking a moment to think about it. But then out of the back of the book, the feedback that you got was this particular area. So you've identified the people who you would most like in that whole world. And then of the ones in that whole world, they've kind of evidenced to themselves or they've evidenced by themselves to you which elements of it you can then best help them with. And then you're doing another iteration of providing that value and creating the asset that delivers it to start the conversations. So this kind of self-referential pattern of trying to be as helpful as possible, trying to deliver that value, collecting all of those knowledge torches together, but then looking for which ones spark more and create more of a light and flame and then double down on that to create more things. Not that the old one's getting thrown out of the window. The old one still exists. It's still there. But you've got the opportunity to really kind of amplify this signal that you're getting back in from the audience. And it's so insightful as you're speaking to someone who's been through that process, because sometimes we'll talk to people about, okay, you need to, we'll try and pull out from them, which are the most resonating elements, but sometimes it's difficult. I mean, we're talking about creating books, which is sometimes enough of a mental load for people just to pull the stuff together without, we don't want to stop the track completely waiting for answers to these questions that people might find difficult, but to have that flexibility to change afterwards and then double down. So the clients that you're 
now working with the second book and those people who you're trying to help, that group of people who are inspired by the professional bio, and that's the thing that is resonating with them. Is that the same group of people that were around in the first instance, the older clients or these, is it kind of bridging off now into a separate group? Well, it's interesting. Great question. The first book we started thinking about who I was and where my mindset was not to work hard. It's not that I don't like to work hard. It's that it was time in life where I wanted to play a lot harder, right? I'm going to work. I want to work funner and I'm going to play hard. That's my emphasis in life right now. So when I wrote the first book initially, the reason I contained it is I did not want to get big and I wasn't, didn't have a lot of staff and resources. Well, now we've morphed over to our second book, our second business, which is called Catalyst for Growth where we actually work with individuals to find, you know, those one percentage points of improvement, where if we can find and make them just a little bit better in what they do, the composite of all those 1% improvements creates, all those catalysts create a movement for them to just grow their business substantially. So that's what we're doing now. Part of that, what we want to do in working with the same clients we did before, but now broadening the base as well, because we've got more people to work with us now, is we want to figure out what that piece is, which will draw them to the website. So we're going to expand it. Right. And so the second book, which will be, will be done pretty well, who knows, should be done. It should, could be done right now. <laughs> just can't get to it. <laughs> teenage boys that are in lacrosse and swimming and all kinds of stuff. <clears throat> but when that's done, they'll get this book, hopefully by referral, and they'll start working and they'll realize I need a tool to complete this piece. And so I suggest right up front that they go to our website which is catalyst the number four, numeral four growth.org, catalyst for growth.org. And they'll find a, the biography generator. So when we talk about the, all seven elements, the question is, okay, just the first part, your picture that you use sounds like it's not important. But if anyone, I've been married for 20 years, but I hear dating apps have swipe left and right. Allegedly. You have to be attracted to your audience. Right. And in fact, I was taught public speaking in the 90s by a dean of communications at a major university. And I'll just add this quick 30-second story because it pinpoints what I'm going to say next. He would go into his class of freshmen. There's an auditorium picture, you know, a couple hundred kids looking down. You know, they were in high school a few months earlier. Now they're in college and probably all been out partying, whatever they've been doing as they <laughs> do. Beginning of the semester. And, uh, and he would walk up on stage and he would say, all right, everybody, grab a pencil and paper. And I want you to write down the answers to these questions. What kind of car do I drive? What kind of pet do I have? What uh, political persuasion am I, right? What's my net worth? He'd ask four or five questions like that, right? He said, everybody just writes down feverishly. When they're done writing, he would throw up the syllabus for the semester and he'd start talking. And you know, within a minute or less, someone would raise their hand and say, professor, what is the answer to these questions that you just gave us? And he'd say, the answer is just like it is for you. When someone meets you for the very first time, they will create hundreds of biases and thoughts of who you are and what they think you are. And the problem with that is they only go away one at a time when they're proven wrong. So when you introduce to your audience that you want to be attracted to, you got one first shot. And so your picture has to be right. What you say in your introduction about who you are, another point, if I were someone listening to this, I would key into has nothing to do with you personally when you say it to someone. The only words you should say are the words that your client wants to hear and nothing else matters. It doesn't matter how great you are, what your experience is, none of that matters. It only matters what they 
want to hear. And those are the only things that should be written in that first part because they see your picture. It resonates with them. They hear the words they want to hear. Then they hear some things about you personally. And they say, you know, this guy's not scary. I could hang out with this person. That's what crosses the chasm before you get to your value proposition and what a great professional you are and the best at whatever you do from cake making to whatever it is. You may be the best, but you know what? They don't care. Yeah. What can come next? Is a great way of bridging into something that we talk, marrying up with something that we talk about in terms of the readability of books or the readerships rather of books is low across the board. And that goes for for fiction books where the whole job of work of the book is to entertain someone, even that readership is low. Once you get into the business side of books, it's even lower. But the job of work almost more than anything else is to reinforce to people that they're in the right place. Exactly as you said, people want to know that the decision that they've made to even have this interaction is going to get them to where they want to go. And there's nothing scary that turns them away. So the title of the book the table of contents, the call to action, and then to a lesser degree, the content. It's really, it's whole job of work is that someone's out there in the world, they've come across you for whatever reason. This is just compelling enough that, yes, I want to take the next step with that minimum viable commitment step to make a phone call, visit the website. It's the fact that it shouldn't be scary. Such an interesting take that from a visual perspective in terms of photos, from a bio perspective, from a, how you construct your emails. It's all the same. It's all about what they're thinking and their next step in the journey. Okay. It, that just really resonated as you talked about it. This idea that you've got of, of starting the separate, the second business rather than the first business. So when we think about the job of work of the book, the first one seems like it was very much used with existing clients or with people who were in the world already as almost a motivating or educating tool to take them down a path that they're already on. It's actually very controlled because I would teach from it. Right. So each knowledge torches are a week of content of teaching. Right. So if I was as a consultant, they could pick what they want or we could walk through all six. At the end of the culmination, they would have a plan and a way to, that way they could go connect and grow their business and charge towards those ideal clients that they have. Right. That actually is another great reminder for people of a job of work of a book that we don't necessarily always talk about, but it does come up in terms of it's a reinforcing element to the business that you do with people further down the track. So we often talk about it as a top of the funnel lead generation piece, but the book blueprint scorecard, for example, the eight mindsets, the eight building blocks that are in here titles, subheadings, single target audience, call to action. They're the exact things that we talk about when we're going through the book, or if I'm having strategy calls with people that I'm going through as well. The ability, like you experience, to actually teach from the book almost, or be giving a point and then reinforce it by pointing to printed words on the page. It's such a psychological cue to help people accept it and move on rather than question it and judge and fight against it. I mean, that's an element we don't talk about much. The second book then, more of a lead generation tool is going to a wider audience and hopefully through referrals to a pretty significant path. Was that a was that an active decision in terms of, okay, I'm going into the first one, thinking about it in terms of how it's going to be used in a more closed way. And now I'm going into the second one, thinking about it in terms of referrals. And did that impact the structure of it or the bits that you were including or the level of content. I'm kind of thinking that the first one might've been quite a deeper level of content 
And the second one might be more of an introduction level of content because of where it sits in that funnel. Yeah. Well, the first one was giving people just enough information to break their legs, as it were. So they would they'd say, oh, I need that. And then they'd go, I don't have any idea how to do that. Right. And then they right? So each one of the knowledge torches in the book are just enough, but not enough. Right. right. Not quite 212 degrees to boiling point. Right. Just a little lower where they need to contact me to figure it out, assuming that they actually read it and went through it. That was the goal. The second one, because the professional biography, and just to circle back, when people read that, they need to get this bio generator, right? So they'll read the book, and if they get anywhere into it, they're going to realize, I need this bio generator. Where do I get it? They got to go to our website. So that's the first thing. So it's designed to help people, yes, but then move them to our website to get, we can get, you know, the drill, oh, better contact, how to resolve whether or not we're going to fit or mesh, have chemistry together, all those things. So it is more a specific, exact uh, description to go through each seven elements and develop their own professional biography when they're done. Won't be, I don't know, maybe 150 pages, probably 100 pages tops. I would guess maybe less than that, but something they can read and say each element, this is my element, this is how I build it, build it. The second element, this is, and go through each one of them linear line by line with the primary purpose of getting them to the point where they have their own introduction referral tool, but this is the crossing the chasm point. This is where it makes, this is what has really gra- grabbed me in a couple instances recently, because if I don't build this book, I'm getting some, one, I don't know, there was Memorial Day, right? So I didn't get any of the last few days, but before Memorial Day, I was getting at least one person a day calling me wanting to do this. So I didn't even know. Right. So I need to send them a book because I can't spend three hours with everybody walking through. But if I give them homework to do most of the work, I can do 20, 30 minutes and be just as effective, probably more effective. Right. So that's really what it's designed to, to do is to get us to get people into the website, to help people do their homework before they call us. So it's a lot easier to do. But here's the point that resonated, circling back to what I just said, is doing two meetings in Tampa this year. And in both instances, the first time I thought it didn't really, I thought it was just happened, right? The second time it happened, I realized, no, I, this is fact. So of all these clients that were the potential clients, so these were all prospects that showed up, big whiteboard, I'm asking them a question, you know, what do you want your business to look like in a few years? They say it, and I say, what's holding you back? And on the whiteboard, I'm writing down the things that are holding them back. Both times when I look at pictures going back, they both said the same thing. Now, it cycles down to one word, which is marketing. They don't know how to convey. This is what they were saying. They don't know how to convey their value proposition and what they do to the right group of people. Right. That's all about marketing. They'll always say, uh, you know, if I just had a better website, if I, but what they're really saying, if I could just get my message out and say it the right way. Well, the interesting thing about creating the professional biographies, it makes you write all those things down. Right. And we found that it was the stepping stone to their marketing program. So people would do this and then they'd come back and we'd see this robust marketing program that grew from that first piece, which was just starting and creating the seven elements in the ideal client profile and the not ideal client profile, but the the biography, the professional biography. And that blew me away. They just needed the first step and the first start. Right. Which then leads back into what's our impetus to do this is we get them to our website and then they want to build a marketing plan. We built marketing plans for all kinds of business all over the country, big and small, national footprints, local footprints. It's what my partners have done more than me, 
But with their resources, we put all these two things together and we're hoping it turns into something that looks like a lot more fun than even what we're anticipating. It's such a great insight into, it's often that first step. It's like, a, what's the Groundhog Day movie when he steps off the curve and falls in the puddle, the first step's the doozy. It's that first step, almost like breaking the seal, that then unleashes things. And being able to give people a tool where they can put enough intentionality behind it to create something that is the framework for something much bigger, but it's in a bite-sized chunk. It's manageable. They can see the end of where it all plugs together. Plus then you've got the tools that help them to create it and the book that supports the actual ideas behind it. That first step, I can really imagine that is the gatekeeper to a lot of the other stuff that you're then doing further down the track. I know that we're getting close on time. I wanted to quickly talk about referrals. So the idea we talk about it sometimes in the beyond the book element of once the book's created, there's various ways that you can use it. The referral strategy being one. And this idea that, as you said, 80% of people would happily refer people to it. But what usually happens is you'll see them six months later and I'll say, Oh, did Bob give you a call? I told him he should give you a call or, Oh, you know what? I was just talking to Mary last week and I wish I'd have remembered and I would have made that connection because people don't a recognize that a referral opportunity exists or B, have that easy way to make the connection. Like you were saying, what's the step that makes the referral? So for the people who are creating the profiles, the bios, are they using it? Do they get that as well? Do they understand that referral opportunity? Or are they seeing it more as a, I need this is something to do, but not necessarily thinking I need this because it works in this way. Does that make sense to the yeah, I know what you're, I think I know what you're asking. Forgive me. <laughs> I think I know what I'm asking, but. No, it's, uh, I mentioned earlier that, that, you know, processes are stronger than the individual. Right. Everybody wants to diet. Everybody wants to play better golf, play piano, whatever it is, but you've got to figure out the easiest, simplest way to do it. And so when you create a professional biography and people start using it once or twice and they see it resonate, they just get it. All the light bulbs go on. It was simply just making it very easy for them to do. First of all, writing it means I can convey my value proposition now. I can actually, if you ask people, what do they do? Sometimes they say the silliest things, what they do. <laughs> it doesn't resonate with the person they're talking to. And sometimes it makes people recoil, right? right? It has to, everything needs to be approached the right way and approached to the right client. And when the light bulbs go on, that there is a process that's simple. This isn't the only one. That's just one way to do it. I'll give you another example in just a second. But thinking it through and knowing it, like if you've read the book, Think and Grow Rich, right? There's that point about having something in mind that you have centered on, right? But the first thing is you've got to center center on something. What is that person you're actually going to see? And I, I use this analogy a lot when my wife was, my, my oldest son's going to be 17 this month. And I remember when my wife was pregnant the first time, and I never realized that I think it's like 6% of the population is always pregnant women, right? I never noticed him, but as soon as my wife was pregnant, I saw him everywhere (laughs) or the little red sports car. You know, if you buy one and the next thing you know, whatever car you bought last, you're going to see it everywhere. And so the mental point is once you actually figure out who you want to get introduced to and you figure out an easy way to do it and you incorporate it into your everyday process, you don't bring it out once in a while, you bring it out all the time. The professional biography is printed in in a digital format with you always whether it's on your phone or any client you're talking to, and it becomes habit. Right. So here's how simple it really is, not to blow up my whole strategy, but there's <laughs> a called Freddy the Frog. It's a little green frog. 
I hear this story from one of my close friends. He worked with a guy who was with an insurance company 30 years ago. And he said, whoever we talked to, we brought a little frog out and sat it on the desk. And he said, you know, I'm just saying this here to remind me to ask you a question when I'm done. And at the end, they, the people are looking at the frog and they'd say, what's the frog for? He goes, I want to figure out who else I can introduce to Freddie the frog. And he'd ask for referrals. Now, that's the coolest thing I've ever heard in my life. I could never do it myself. I have too much pride. But, and, but that guy led the, comp, the country in right. referrals and new business. Because no one else is orchestrating or having that intentionality going into the situation, knowing that was going to be the outcome. I mean, it doesn't take much to differentiate yourself from the crowd. At the end of the day, that extra level of specificity or targeting an audience. I mean, we see it all the time with some of the books. We've done a thousand or so now. And the level of random small niches that people work in you'd think that there's never enough business to be that tailored, but to dominate such a small area, a small industry, these days it's more than possible. So to have that intentionality behind your biography, behind the setup, to know that these are the people who I want to work with, who are the fun people, who are the profitable people, who are the ones that we can help most and have that, that, like I said, that avatar dialed in, it just really helps all of that intentionality. With the next thing is I developed this professional biography, right? Mine's in my book. I'm holding one of them right now. I actually have, you use it. If you don't have one, you don't have a green frog. The question is, how do you have an easy green frog that someone will resonate with, remember, understand who you're looking for and make it very easy for them to refer people to you. And that's it. So, so many benefits to creating it, whether it's launching marketing plans, figuring out what you want to do, what you want your business to look like. And it's just that easy, simple first step. I mean, if yeah. but I mean, if you're going to write a book, it's probably a good idea. And I know you agree with this to know who your clients that you're targeting, <laughs> because if you don't, it's you know you never know. You could hit the lotto, but yeah, but it's a big gamble. Much better to put a little bit of thought behind it and at least hopefully get it dialed in a little bit. Well, I agree. Time goes fast, like I knew it would. If you're up for it, it'd be great to do another call a little bit further down the track. And two things that I'm thinking is, one, just check back in with the book further down the track, see how that's going, just give people a, a book update. But the other thing, if you're up for it, it'd be great to do like a, a little training session or a little way to expand on your actually your methodology a bit more because i think all of the people who are receiving this are all people who have expressed an interest in a book as a lead generation tool so obviously they're in business and i think this methodology this approach would be a benefit for everyone so if you're up for doing a quick intro training session for people and obviously we'll then point people back to the site but it'd be great to do that at some point in the future as well really add some value i would for sure in fact I, the quote that i use on my professional biography is from napoleon hill it says it is literally true that you can succeed best and quickest by helping others to succeed. Yeah. So from that mindset, I'd be happy to help. Yeah. I'd love to help people be successful, help people make more money, expand their business, make their life easier. That's really the only job we have, right? Exactly. Yeah. It makes all the difference. It's the success. If that comes in a vacuum away from everyone else, I mean, it's better than no success. But it's nowhere near as good as feeling. We were talking about the podcast just before we started recording and doing more client podcasts now than the earlier seasons when it was really me and Dean or me and Betsy talking about the process. Way, way more. I mean, I could talk about it all day, but it's really much more enjoyable getting to see people and hearing their experience. So yeah, on the shoulders of giants for sure. 
Well, until we get that scheduled, where's a good place where people can find out more? You mentioned the website before, but just uh, put that back out there so people can jump the gun and check things out for themselves. You bet. The easiest way, boy, isn't that? There's the big bomber. How do you want people to contact you? Everybody <laughs> to contact you at once, but you can go to our website, which is catalyst, the numeral four growth dot org, catalyst for growth.org. And you could email me directly, Berwald, K-B-E-R-W-A-L-D as in dog, at catalystforgrowth.org. And uh, I'll get back to you. Generally, I can get back to people or someone will get back to you the same day. Sometimes it takes two days if we're really busy over Memorial Day, but yeah. happy to help out any way we can. And candidly speaking, I'll just tell you in all candor, what I just told you, which was taught to me by multiple people, a culmination of all kinds of people who helped me be successful in life. I don't think I have a really original idea in my mind. It's all been borrowed from other people that I've been blessed to be you know, schooled by and create something like this. But I can tell you that I've never a single time in all candor, I've never seen anybody not get more referrals by doing what we just did. I've never seen it not work. It has always worked. The only time it hasn't worked is, as we talked about earlier, some people will create a book and then once they're done, it's like, ooh, that's over, right? Throw it in the corner. <laughs> but if they actually use it and show it to people and use some of the strategies to just get that biography to people to read, they've always gotten more referrals than they did without it. Yeah. So we'd love to help people grow their business. That's fantastic. Well, we'll make sure that we put the link in the show notes. So in podcast players or as people looking on the website, they can just click through. We'll get something scheduled for sure to do a quick, the 101 level of it. And then people can follow up with you directly for the next level after that. But aimless plug, it's on the back of my book. So if you get online and you look for the unicorn client, uniform, unicorn client acquisition process book, my phone number and my email is on the back and a copy of one of my professional biographies. It's all in the book. Fantastic. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll link to that as well and then make sure that people have got all the channels to get through. Great. Cool. Kevin, it's been an absolute pleasure. Really looking forward to catching up on the next one. Everyone is listening. Definitely recommends checking out the links that we'll put in the notes and reach out to Kevin directly. But until the next one, thanks for your time and we'll speak soon. Very fun. Have a profitable day. Thank you.